And hello, and welcome everyone to the continued adventures of the Corona Multiverse. I just realized we made that joke last week, but because Twitch keeps your thing in from the week previous if you don't stream, so it stayed Corona Multiverse. So I guess this joke is just going to continue <laughs> now until the quarantine is lifted all over the world. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. I changed our, our um, overlay back to normal, but yeah, I'll just like in post, I'll just change it back to Corona Multiverse, which you'll be seeing right now. It's it's like a it's like a friggin' comic event is what it is, you know, until things are back to normal, it will continue to be the corona multiverse. Maybe it'll even help our searchability, I don't know. Yeah. We even have tie-ins with that comic book Would You Rather. Yes, 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 we do. That that new episode hasn't gone up yet, that trial run pilot, unless you're a patron or you watched it live on Sunday. But I figure, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll just get that off the table right now. Yes, the comic multiverse will continue into a future that might not have new comic books. Worst case scenario, this show might just be shorter, might just be Matt and me shooting the shit about our current comic projects, and then we'll save the second half for something fun and silly. In fact, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of fun and silly stuff in this episode, because if you couldn't tell, life under quarantine, the big news this week is that there is no news, because there's there not going to no be news. any comics next week. No, yeah, Diamond Comic Distributors have shut their doors thanks to this whole coronavirus, which means comic yeah. book shops and digital places aren't getting comics. Although digital is kind of like up in the air at the moment. Uh, he, he, this, I think there is no better kind of watershed moment for how kind of messed up the comic industry is, where Diamond just out of the blue says, all right, we're not shipping to stores anymore. We're afraid of getting sick. And everyone's like, okay, I understand it. But like, you know, Comic shops are in a bad way. They might not be able to make it three months if you just stop selling comics. Yeah, well, fuck you then. Yeah, they just don't seem to care. But yeah, and I understand why they're doing it. But yeah, same thing. Like, And it sounds like the big wigs at DC and Marvel, they're like, uh, you didn't run this past us, Diamond. It sounds like you just kind of did. And they're like, yeah, well, we're Diamond. We're a cartel. We can do whatever we want. So yeah, there needs to be a competition somewhere in there. Yeah, so sucks to be you. And man, I, I truly think that this, you know, shows fans who might not have believed it or might have thought that, you know, we were all being chicken littles when we, you know, decried Diamond as this big evil monolith that holds too much power in the comic industry. Uh, guys, they said they weren't going to do it anymore, and now there's not going to be new comics next week for the first time since, fuck, I don't know, I was going to say since World War II, but no, they made lots of comics during World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I cannot remember the... I can remember weeks when there's probably, like, a handful of comics, if that, but no... Mm. where there's no new ones, that's that's pretty insane. Now, you mentioned the hang-up about digital. Well, here's the funny thing. Comixology and a few other places have books solicited for next week that were supposed to come out, and everyone's like, but Diamond's not doing it anymore, so... What? Yeah, it's... It's 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 strange because yeah it's it's digital it's not really affected by like the print world and people you can just like push that onto the internet from like anywhere so is it going to continue it's very up in the air I don't think we'll probably get new comics next week but maybe the week after because because it's a hell of a thing and we've talked about it very much kind of all over the place where it's like you know Diamond and the stores have this symbiotic relationship where they need each other but one truly holds all the cards and it's like well shouldn't this whole industry have shifted to digital now is that not way easier to just put your books out online yeah mm -hmm. and we're gonna charge exactly the same as you do in stores yeah 
because we don't want to offend the the bookstores who need to buy from us and us. I'm like, well, it sounds like you're just propping up the industry in a weird way and the fact that you could just pull the plug like this. If you did shift entirely to digital, then people would be asking, well, why do I need my local store anyway? Yeah, and as a lot of people, and the, as people have pointed out in the in the chat, none of like Marvel or DC have like said anything about this. Like, there's no been no official uh, I, statement or anything. No official statement, but right before we started, there was an article that came up. It came up so quick, I didn't even have a chance to read it. But apparently, DC even before Marvel is saying now that they are looking into alternate distributions okay well that that's good yeah. that's good I, and it kind of makes sense since just thinking about it and as well as when we talk about this week's comics there's like things that started this week that precede events that are meant to be coming up and i'm guessing yeah. with this whole distribution thing that's been thrown into disarray so they'll want to get their events out and keep yeah, you, keep their timetable so yeah because because they got to make that money they were projected <laughs> to make big event money around this time and i'm like man you know it, it, it's kind of unfortunate you know we always joke where it's like man you know the comic industry is really niche and everything and you know they really got to tighten the belt and cut corners a lot of time where it's like is this is this industry gonna be okay missing a few months <laughs> it's very very weird very strange times like, I mean, obviously, they're arms of much bigger entertainment companies, Warner Brother and Disney and everything. But I'm like, they they got their own things to worry about. And they're not putting out big blockbuster movies anymore, either. I'm sure they're just like, yeah, 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 comic boys, fuck off and leave us alone. You know what would be really cool? If the both of these companies have apps. Yeah. Uh, apps uh well, one app is is criminally underused because they've got mm. no fucking content for it, that being the DC app. Yeah. Wouldn't it be really cool if they decided, we'll put our new comics on there. People will have to pay a monthly subscription. We'll get revenue that way. It would and then be the so same with same with Disney+, Plus. they could have a comic section. Or, like, just push it into Marvel Unlimited. W wouldn't that be nice? And then wouldn't it be nice, too, if the comic companies are like, oh... We're making this money directly now, and we know all our own stats and everything, and we don't have to deal with this literal cartel that is Diamond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a hell of a thing? Wouldn't that be really, really nice? Yeah, it, 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 they've got the platform there. They've got the distribution there. Just use it. Especially Just... DC. DC is not doing anything with that fucking app. No, I mean, putting putting anything on there would be a marked improvement, would it not? <laughs> yeah, it uh, it sure would. But man, what a what a weird feeling to be like, well, we got comics this week. We got a lot of comics this week, actually. And then to know to be like, oh, we're, we're not going to get me next week. An upside to this is I'm actually going to be able to catch up on a lot of series I fell behind and start new ones. Yeah, same here. Actually, I am also excited for uh, for very much the same thing. The uh, opportunity to catch up on stuff, to work on different projects. Again, same when that Black Widow movie got pushed back. I'm like, oh, good. I can actually work on some other stuff now and finish off some stories. And again, experiment with this show and do some interesting stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, more streaming stuff like that. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, as I mentioned before, we're going to keep having a show. We're going to, you know, keep doing stuff. And, in fact, we're going to keep having ads, too. Uh, longtime fan of the show, Lewis Southard, wrote me this week. Uh, he wanted to take out not one but three 
ads on the show. Ow. He told me, uh, yeah, he told me his story. Uh, he is a comic maker. He is an independent comic maker. And in fact, this month was supposed to see the release of his new book, Villain Seeking Hero from, uh, oh, what's the company? I want to get that right. Uh, is it Action Lab? I want to say it's Action Lab is where it is. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I have the email in front of me right now, and I totally did not prepare for this. Uh, but yes, yeah, uh, he had a book coming out. Yes, yes, it is uh, Action Lab. Uh, he had a book that was supposed to come out this month in physical, and obviously because Diamond has shut all their shit down, that's not going to happen, and the company is putting it on digital. So, you know, I feel really good <laughs> that I can help him out and be like, hey, check out this book. It's a, kind of a superhero comedy thing. It looks really fun. It gave me a real big superior foes of spider-man uh kind of vibe it follows a master molecule uh kind of a down on his luck villain who's kind of you know coming back to it by building a team a la the sinister six it looks kind of funny uh you know i'm definitely happy he reached out to me on this one because this does look like my bag uh, i think you can still pre-order the book now as i say this I don't know about Wednesday when it goes up, but I will have all the proper links down in the description. You know, check check this guy out. Just because, you know, the big two uh, aren't going to be able to put out books, that doesn't mean your favorite indie creators uh, won't be able to get their work out there. And, you know, now's a good time, too, to, you know, uh, be a patron of the arts and be a patron of the indie scene. And definitely yeah. check this out. So thank you, Lewis, for that. And we'll be sure to talk about it more in the coming weeks. Yeah, definitely. It sounds sounds really cool. Definitely sounds very superior foes. Mm -hmm. Definitely gets the mark of the uh, comic multiverse on there. We, we you got the comic multiverse bump is what you got, and so you know we wish Lewis the best on this one in his work and all his creative endeavors. It's always nice to see people succeeding, and it's especially nice to see fans of the comic multiverse succeeding. That's always nice. Absolutely. Totally. So, now this is normally where we would, again, talk about other comic book news, which there isn't any. But, you know, Matt, I think there's one man, one man who has kind of brought all of us together in this quarantine world. In my Twitter feed, it was absolutely being blown up. Everyone was talking about this man, Matt, and this glorious, magical man is named Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, <laughs> which is basically like a superhero anyway. He kind of is. Yeah, he's got, yeah, Joe Exotic is his alter ego, his identity, mm. secret identity. Yeah, it, yep. this guy, where do we start with this guy? <laughs> Man, so I actually kind of knew about Joe Exotic before the documentary ever came out because I watched uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I had first seen his truly amazing campaign ad when he was running for president in 2016 i'm joe exotic i'm gay i'm armed i own the I'm world's broke biggest as shit <laughs> i'm broke as shit i own the world's biggest tiger farm and i just you know i i, I mean it, it was love at first sight matt i think we can all agree <laughs> finally a man who speaks for the people the crazy crazy people little did we know this man's actual story was far deeper and far more layered than we could ever imagine yes Yes. Oh my God. This, this. I. I was a bit late to this. I actually watched this all yesterday. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's like chips, man. Once you start, you can't stop because oh, yeah. every every time you think you've seen the craziest thing, they peel back another crazier I layer. <laughs> I know. Usually, when people say that, it's like hyperbole, but like here, it is like completely true. It absolutely is. So, for those who don't know, the Tiger King is a brand new seven part documentary series on netflix right now and because everyone's been stuck at home everyone's had a chance to kind of watch it and talk about it 
following the adventures of Joe Exotic, who owns a private tiger zoo. He's, he's one of many people in the United States that are doing this. I had no idea this was such a common thing yeah, in the yeah. States, just ro roadside exotic animal news, <laughs> or animal zoos. Yeah, and the people that own these zoos are the exact type of people you think, like when you think, mm -hmm. oh, who owns a tiger? You get a vision of this person, and that's exactly who these people are. <laughs> yes, they are very neuroatypical. They are out there. <laughs> and because it's such a small, like, insular community, it's only a matter of time before feuds start developing. In fact, you know, the, the tiger owners, the exotic animal zoo owners, I very much thought of YouTubers when I thought of this. I'm like, ah, yes, <laughs> these are the same kind of personalities. And when they fight, they fight exactly the same because we're really a lot alike and there's a lot of jealousy and a lot of, you know, uh, uh, what is it, kind of rumor-mongering and everything. And, like, the documentary starts to be about, you know, Joe Exotic, and it quickly moves to his feud with this woman named Carol Baskins, who, li little did I know, I was actually aware of her uh, zoo, Big Cat Rescue, because they have a very popular YouTube channel. Very. They, they go into detail uh, about that in here, and I was just, I was blown away because she was talking about, like, how she does, like, it's like the Facebook live yeah. things. And she's like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, made $10,000 on this. I'm like, fuck off. Yeah, and like she, she, like we saw the check from Facebook. I'm like, man, I wish I knew how to make money from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I w friggin' teach me, Carol, but don't kill me like maybe you killed your first <laughs> husband. Yeah, that's a big thing in the documentary. At first, you think, like, oh, Joe's just being, you know, eccentric. He's just, you know, slinging shit that his tiger rival murdered her husband. No, they devote a whole episode to about how this is a very mysterious, I, unsolved case, and it's very likely. That's what I liked about the show. There was no clear, quote-unquote, good guy. Everyone no. had, like, shit in their closet, skeletons in their closet, and, and, like, everyone was, like, worse than the last person. Man, move over Game of Thrones. Netflix's The Tiger <laughs> King is the new benchmark in moral complexity on television. Because, yeah, it's like when you first meet Joe, you're just like, well, he doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, he's a little crazy. You know, he's a little out there, but he's a gay guy in the South. So, you know, he probably lived a tough life. His brother died and he built this, you know, tiger sanctuary for him. That's kind of sweet. Then you're just like, oh, Oh, he's he, he's what now? He 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 may have tried to have a woman killed. Oh, what's that? <laughs> he 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 has two boyfriends who turned out to not actually be gay, but he was just plying them with meth. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, he he might have like blown up one of his own sheds to like prove this woman did it, and yes, and make shit up about this woman about her trying to kill her tiger, his tigers. Oh, that's another yeah. thing. He euthanizes his tigers. Ah, oh, that's not good. But believe it or not, he's still maybe on the lower tier of the worst because you meet like several other people. And it's like, no, you're the worst. No, you're the worst. Yeah, every it's like, oh, this guy's worse than that last. Oh wait, no, then there's this guy. Then there's this Joe guy. Then there's that weird yeah. Antle fella. Yeah, because that's the other thing about people who own tigers. Apparently, people who own tigers also start like weird cult-like communities and it's not like one guy it's a very common thing because yeah. apparently people are so gung-ho for tigers they're willing to move in with weirdos <laughs> move in with weirdos change their names get uh, like plastic surgery yeah and, and then work with dangerous animals and th that was another thing i i like that like 90 percent of joe's 
uh, zookeepers were A, ex-cons, yep. and B, most of them were missing one or more limbs. Yep. <laughs> like yep, that's, yep, yep. That's exactly what you want from, from someone who's, like, feeding a tiger. Oh, this is completely safe, says the guy with no legs. And I love that they slowly reveal that to you over time, where it's like <laughs> yeah. they're talking to one lady. I'm like, well, this lady seems really nice and sane and with it. Oh, no, I totally had my arm bitten off by a tiger. And no, I totally came back to work five days later. It was for the zoo, man. It was to keep it all going. You know, it's all about the team here. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> and that she's just not bothered at all by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a nonchalant thing to her. If I got my arm ripped off by a tiger, I would never stop talking about it. <laughs> well, it's not only that. She was talking about, like, oh, yeah, I could have had that arm, like, like it, it was perfectly working fine. They just said I would need months of, like, recuperation. Then she's like, no, just, just cut it off so I can go back to work in five days. The whole documentary is filled with moments like that where people just say the craziest shit like it's nothing. Yeah, uh, it's the the one of the craziest things for me was that Carol woman. How she's got like that sort of pyramid scheme uh, intern thing going on, where uh, like, oh, the interns are the yellow colored and they move up, and we pay no one. Yeah, yet they're handling wild tigers. Which, man, that's a good racket if you can do it, getting people to work for free. And then it's like, again, talking about Carol and her first husband, they tell the story of how Carol met her first husband, the one who she may or may not have killed. And that's an insane story. <laughs> it is. It's so insane. And she, and she tells it like it's the most romantic thing where she's like, well, you know, I left my first abusive husband who was trying to kill me and I was crying on the street and he came up and tried to pick me up in his truck and said, look, here, come ride in my truck and you can hold my gun on me so you won't be scared and then they just did it later that night what what <laughs> that's my review of this whole show what <laughs> and then to by the end where it's like they eventually have the trial of joe exotic to where like i'm so invested by the end i'm almost like a joe exotic truther where i'm like no look he did bad but clearly they railroaded him as you can see here <laughs> and then the fbi gets involved and you're like what <laughs> Oh, it's it's absolutely insane. It, it I I think things really got insane in on the show as well when that Joe guy got involved. That like yes. guy who was apparently a millionaire, but it was all fake. Th that guy who just radiates scumbag energy. Oh, like absolute like trailer trash. Like just looking at oh. him. The, the one part that got me about it was when he him and his wife were having a baby, and oh. she's like, "Oh, we're getting a nanny," and he gets to pick it, and it's like a model. Yeah, like, clearly, like, what site did you meet her on? Because I'm yeah. sure it wasn't a nanny site. And the fact that she's pregnant, she's like, yeah, she's going to give the baby, you know, and then she's going to get back in the gym. And I'm like, wow, wow, he's saying this to her. Not only is he saying this to her face, he's saying it on camera so other people can see it. That that Joe guy doesn't, or that guy just, you know, doesn't so much walk as he just slides through the rooms on a trail of sleaze. <laughs> And, and like they're saying too, where it's like, well, how do they keep getting the money to fund this? They're like, oh, exotic animals are big business. It's basically like drug running, only unlike drug running. If you get caught, you won't get as much jail time. Yeah, and, and, and the product can probably kill you. Also that, that's another problem. Gotta watch out for that. And you gotta feed the product to like $10,000 worth of meat. Like Expired Walmart meat. 
expired. That he maybe have been feeding the park people as well. Instead of paying them so they could live <laughs> in his compound with the animals. And it's just this story, man. Like, again, if you wrote the story of Joe Exotic, like if you wrote this as a comic book and said, hey, Joel, here's my new character, Joel, uh, Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, I'd be like, this This is ridiculous, Matt. This makes no sense. This has no basis in reality. No one's, <laughs> no one's going to believe this. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to kind of believe this. But you have to believe it, because not only is it true, but he was also a total egomaniac and filmed every minute of every day. So my thing is, like, if this is the crazy shit that made it into the show, what was too crazy for them to leave out of the show? Can we have, like, a season two of all the uncut stuff? <laughs> please, 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 please. I'm dying to see that. Keep in mind, too, just to really sell, uh, a man kills himself at one point in this as well by On camera. accident. On, on camera. camera. On camera, because he was high on meth and screwing around with a gun, because obviously, if the tigers aren't dangerous enough, Joe Exotic also loves guns and just has a giant arsenal. Guns and dynamite. Guns, dynamite, just everything you can possibly imagine, because, I mean, obviously, if you're making big tiger money, you gotta buy weapons. Yeah, and he's also always got a six-shooter on him. Always, because, you know, because it's the South and because that's A-OK. -okay yeah look what i'm saying is i absolutely know what my next halloween costume is going to be <laughs> i am going to be joel exotic i'm going to grow out my hair dye it a weird shade get like one of those frilly western jackets but again you know just j just so i don't get sued or anything i'll have to kind of fuse our two characters together like hey man i'm joel exotic uh i own the biggest back issues farm you can come and take pictures <laughs> with all my back issues <laughs> i'll wash out for paper cuts now <laughs> are you gonna um oh what was it oh what was i gonna say he's got like the leg brace on from when that tiger like tried to eat his shoe which again he blamed that 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 on carol, carol woman on which which he blamed it on carol then carol when they interviewed like what was i what could i possibly have done to get that tiger to attack him rub sardine oil in his boot that's really specific carol <laughs> That sounds like you've done that before. That's shockingly specific. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, this this show, again, with no new comics, if you want a crazy story, watch this. If you have Netflix and you haven't watched it, you're missing out. This is the type of documentary stuff that Netflix should be like, like funneling all their money into. Yes. This sort of like stuff. This weird, like crazy people documentaries. Absolutely. Because it is just riveting, riveting television is what it is. It is. It's so damn good. I want to see, he, he, he apparently, because he got that guy from like Bill O'Reilly's like network that like filmed like a reality show to him. Did that ever yes. get picked up? Because I want to no. watch that reality show now. Well, it was going to get picked up by CMT, Country Music Television, naturally. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and and like he could have been the next Billy the Exterminator, the next Dog the Bounty Hunter, Here Comes the Honey Boo Boo. But no, all the footage that that guy filmed got burnt up in the Gator House by oh, the guy God who he it. claimed was working for Carol Baskin. But it's probably pretty sure that he did it himself because he was worried that if people saw the footage, they would see, you know, all the illegal shit he was up to. God damn it. That would have made such good television. Imagine the alternate timeline where this guy actually did get his show and actually did become, like, a reality star for a minute. Oh, that... 
Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, where we get the crossover episode with him and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, here's the thing I just found out. So, like, obviously I follow a bunch of wrestlers on Twitter and everything. Apparently in the South, one of the other schemes that Joe Exotic was involved in is that he actually funded, like, a wrestling show at his Tiger Preserve. <laughs> Why wasn't that in the show? Uh, yeah, I know, right? Well, apparently he had done it before they started filming. This was, like, oh, early okay. in his career when he wanted to be a wrestling promoter to uh, Moonshine Mantel, who's, like, you know, an indie wrestler from out that end, says, yeah, you know, I wrestled in front of eight people that night in, like, 200 Tigers, one of the best shows I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, uh, what is it? I think Jinder Mahal from Canada was there, too. I mean, he wasn't called Jinder Mahal yet, but I'm pretty sure he worked that show, too, because I keep seeing a picture around of a young Jinder Mahal and him. God damn, that's oh, it's so insane. It, I, I'd love if they if they ever did, like, a season two of this or, like, a follow-up. I'd like to follow that other guy, that that crazy, that, that antle guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy who clearly has a sex cult. Yeah, oh, and and apparently gasses his 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 tigers when they age out of like the the yep. pu- uh, the pup thing. Yeah, he might he might also have a private crematorium on his property, and I mean, really, who needs a private crematorium on their property, yeah. Matt? Yeah, that that puts some red flags. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's what life in quarantine has looked like for Matt and me this week. You know, trying to space out all of our comics. A lot of comics did come out this week, but I'm actually reading them slow because I'm trying to stretch them out for a bit because I don't know how long this drought is going to be for. And also watching The Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back and watch the show again just because I know I've definitely missed some stuff that, that's insane because there's so much happening on screen at the same time. It is, and it's a really well put together documentary too because mm-hmm. like I think it will watch different the second time you watch it. Now you know everything because they drip feed you information as it goes mm-hmm. on that completely recolors everything. So now that you know the whole story... Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a thing, man. Freaking <laughs> Tiger King Joe Exotic. It is a hell of a ride, man. It's 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 a trip. It's a trip. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's a it's a friggin' trip and a half. So uh I guess from there we can talk about what we read this week. I admit I did not read much. Uh, because, mm-hmm. like I said, I was trying to, you know, uh, stretch them out as far as they'll go. But what I did read, I mostly did enjoy. I did as well. Yeah, I'm doing exactly the same as you, spacing them all out. And as well as I'm going back through my, my backlog and, and mm-hmm. seeing which ones I want to want to focus on from there. But yeah, what do you want to start with? Uh, did you read Detective Comics this week by chance? I've, like, flicked through it. Uh, yeah, it's admittedly, like, it's good... But it's not a very eventful issue, I'll say that much, uh, why I'm even struggling to try and remember some of it now. I know it has to do with the cult that uh, Two-Face set up. Yes, he set up a cult now, it's all built around the coin. Uh, We actually learn a little bit more about their ideology, apparently all the people in the cult are all ex-cons that Harvey Dent has met over the years, but moreover than that, they're all sick, they all have terminal diseases, and they're all dying, and so they've all kind of given over their lives 
to this, you know, 50-50 sense of morality. And the last time we saw them, the coin told them to go do bad things. But in this issue, the coin actually tells them to go do good things. So they actually go out and start fighting crime. <laughs> oh, okay then. <laughs> but but then again, the, the kind of crime that they're fighting where it's like, oh, they're, you know, shooting drug dealers and they're stopping, you know, Catwoman from stealing stuff and Penguin from doing stuff. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Is that really doing good or is that only helping Two-Face strengthen his stranglehold on the city? <laughs> I'm like, morality is interesting, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, we're doing good by taking out our competition. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's an interesting little thing. Uh, uh, we meet kind of like uh, Two-Face's right-hand man, uh, a dude called Versa. I'm like, oh, I get it. Haha, <laughs> fun name. Yeah. Versa to the opposite, two sides of a coin. Uh, and it kind of seems like like he's the smart one and like maybe he's pulling his chain a little bit, Two-Face, because Two-Face is going even more crazy. He's got lead poisoning from the bullet mm -hmm. and Harvey manages to get back in control just for a second and he comes to the Batcave for Batman to try and help him. That's the page I saw where he comes through the waterfall and he confronts Batman in the Batmobile. And I had to remember, I'm like, does he remember that he's, okay, yeah, I guess that was the last Tomasi story that he actually remembered who he was. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, uh, that's a hell of a thing. But yeah, they, they team up. They work together for a little bit. And we find out that, shocker, the Cult of Two-Face is operating under the old uh, courthouse. Okay, cool. Which should have been obvious. Actually, it's a shame that Solicitation's kind of spoiled where this story is going. Because Batman kind of mentions the Court of Owls several times. And I'm like, so ah, that's going to be yeah. the twist, huh? They're going to be involved somehow. They're, and last issue, the issue opened with them with some guy sifting through rubble and finding like a talon mask yep yep yeah okay then so somehow this is involved i i, I expect uh one of like versa to pull off his mask and like it was me lincoln march all along <laughs> you know i my, my old cult fell apart so now i've made a new cult for some reason yeah <laughs> I'm expecting that to be the twist. But yeah, Detective Comics continues to be fun. You know, uh, Tomasi definitely seems to have a love and admiration for Two-Face that you don't see a lot of other writers have. Yeah, he's, he seems to be doing, like, like more or less, like, since taking over Detective, he's been using, like, the kind of outlier mm. Batman villains. Not the usual, you know, Joker, and they're all being used in the main Batman book. Um, so he's using, like, ones that we don't really get to see a lot of these days, which is good. Mm, agreed agreed uh what else did you have matt i had helions issue one is it helions or hellions uh helions helions i don't know i say I'm, helions i haven't been corrected yet generation I'm, I'm, west tell us if we're we're saying it right he's he's usually the first isn't he i appreciate <laughs> that I, i'm glad he does the same to you and not just to me we we love you west 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 has been on the show actually yeah <laughs> But yeah, th this looked good. I definitely am going to pick this one up, but I kind of pushed a couple of the X-Men books down the line. Again, I was I was waiting to see if it was going to be bad, but it's not. All these fucking X-Men books are so good. It's a shame, isn't it? It's like, can one of these be bad so I can justify <laughs> not buying it and reading it? Yeah, uh, so this one's basically Suicide Squad via the X-Men. Love it. Um, we, we find out that... Um, uh, Krakoa, uh, Charles Xavier has realized that maybe inviting every, every mutant to Krakoa wasn't a good idea because that allows no. predatory 
mutants and like evil mutants to actually thrive there because it's a fucking island they could hide mm-hmm. anywhere basically and they do we we've got um they've captured a bunch of of these predatory mutants like wild child oh um, yes the guy who looks like Sabretooth but isn't Sabretooth. yeah yeah who i originally thought was Sabretooth. um who um we find out they've been trying to feed him medication that like suppresses his like wolfman side, mm-hmm. but he's been like hiding the medication. And he ends up attacking Sage and Doctor Reyes, mm-hmm. which gotta, is why he's check their he's mouth. Here. You got to get him to stick out their yeah. tongues. He, he was he actually was actually burying them in the gardens and stuff. Um, we got him. We got uh, Orphan Maker and Nanny. Orphan Maker is that weird like man with a child's brain sort of thing, and. He, his part of the team is really quite hilarious because he's thrown on the team because he has a tantrum Mm. um and he wants he wants nanny which is that weird egg thing Thing, um he throws a tantrum and ends up beating the shit out of beast um (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it takes beast and angel to like calm him down as well as nanny um so he gets thrown on the team with nanny uh we get havoc which at the start of the story is on a mission with x-force and he seemingly is mind controlled by something and he ends up pushing things too far when fighting the uh, Hellfire cult and uh. Uh, almost kills three human beings. He ends up maiming two of them and like making one so that he, he's completely disfigured. Um, but Bastion's he has no recollection. Still in his head. I remember Bastion was in his head for a little that's bit. That's what I, I was thinking. But, yeah. but like, yeah, he just turns crazy and then it's never brought up again in the issue. Huh. Um, so he's kind of on the team as like the POV character. I do like getting to see Havoc and more things. I always liked Alex Summers more than Scott, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, who's the other person? We got uh, Scalp Hunter. It's Ooh, like a guy I love with, Scalp Hunter. Guy with guns, and yeah, he's on the team because like a bunch of Morlocks come after him because of the mutant. The it's the massacre. anniversary of the mutant massacre, so they come after him, and he he ends up like I think putting a bunch of them in hospital or killing a bunch of them. I wonder if he's like, I don't see you attacking Gambit, dicks. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't give a shit about this because Storm's like, it's like, haven't you caused enough enough trouble to mutants? And he's like, eh, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I guess I'm good. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. oh, and Empath is the last one. And Empath gets put on the team because he uses his power to uh, stop, uh, I think it's Armor and uh, Armor. And I think it might have been Sage from uh stopping a fight between i believe it was wild child and a bunch of other mutants he, he makes mm. them fight Jetstream instead because it's fun yeah um, there you go uh anyway the team the, the the uh quiet council want to know what to do with these ones so mr sinister's like i have an idea let's make a suicide squad <laughs> let's form a team <laughs> yeah, and he does that and he mr sinister in this book was great he's just like he's making really fun f- he, he's playing up to the crowd no one gives it no one like cares for any of it but he still does it and everything he's just Um, fabulous yeah so he's like give me this team and i'll like shape them into something you know he's he's sinister he's got some sinister intentions doesn't always so scott uh cyclops knows his brother's on the team and shouldn't be on the team so he puts psylocke in charge of like babysitting this team she's Uh. like she's the rick flag of the team basically right and she already had a run-in with sinister because of a fallen angel as well yeah and she's got the the order that if any of them get out of line she's just kill them yeah um and their first mission is to deal with one of sinister's old cloning labs Mm. uh which is the the house of foundlings i think it was called 
uh, which right. Alex Alex knew knows about because he was there and he's he's glad he's going to be taking it out and everything. But what they don't know is uh, Sinister's Marauders were like the uh. first squad sort of to go in there, and they got captured by the Goblin Queen, and the Goblin Queen has oh, turned them against shit. them. I kept saying, when are we going to see the Goblin Queen again? Where does she stand in this? Because she's a mutant, but also a clone, but also maybe the devil. It's a big yeah. thing. Yeah, well, at the end, it's implied that she's got, like, the magical power sort of thing. Because she uses, like, some type of devil tree magic to, like, uh, make the uh, mutants on her side. Not the devil tree. I hate the devil tree. <laughs> Your white suit and devil tree. <laughs> that, that sounds really fun. That sounds like my jam. I sound like I'm going to enjoy reading that. Yeah, it was really cool, especially all the Mr. Sinister stuff playing up to the, the Quiet Council, who are just so sick of his shit because he obviously does this all the time. <laughs> Why do we listen to this guy? Because he's a high-ranking <laughs> mutant, because he's, like, one of the reasons we're here. <laughs> That's the funny thing that, like, he says all this, and Scott's like, are you seriously going to listen to this guy? And all the council's like, he's on the council, you're not. Shut the fuck up, Scott. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah, that was a whole big thing, you know, Wolverine and Cyclops being like, we could probably be on the council, but we're better as boots on the ground yeah let let the other guys play politics <laughs> uh speaking of suicide squad if that's the x-men suicide squad i just read uh the new suicide squad from tom taylor i haven't read this one yet you're gonna love it because it's all about australia yay yeah it's uh we check on in with captain boomerang who they made reference of uh, at the end of the previous issue he's getting <laughs> piss-faced in queensland oh that's where i live yeah, he's. I, I knew that. That's why I loved that. He's getting absolutely <laughs> schnockered. And the drunker he gets, the more he slags off Task Force X, being like, and they're, <laughs> and they're super lame, and they totally suck ass, and they're the worst. And we find out that uh, Mr. Locke, the new boss of Task Force X, has like a major security system monitoring basically everyone in the world for mentions of Task Force X. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit paranoid that Mr. Locke, and he's like, this motherfucker's talking shit about me. So he sends a hit <laughs> squad after him of, like, army mooks, and Boomerang kills all of them while drunk with Boomerangs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, and then he's like, okay, barman, you gotta you got give me your car. No, I can't give you your car, uh, George. No, uh, you know, you've been drinking. No, no, I got at least a point five. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> And then when he runs off, Locke's like, okay, Suicide Squad, you gotta catch him now. He's making me look stupid. And Deadshot's like, fuck off, this is super petty. Waller would never send us on such petty <laughs> missions. And he's like, fine, here's an extra year on your sentence, dick. <laughs> You're all going to Australia. And in fact, uh, last time we saw Boomerang, he was on that super highway, the one that uh, crosses between all the different time zones. Mm-hmm, yep. So that's what they gotta do. They gotta go to Australia and get Boomerang back. And the whole time... Harley Quinn's like, uh, it feels like you guys have a secret that you're not telling me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they do. <laughs> feels like you're into something. So she hates that idea that they're all keeping secrets. So that night when they stop to camp, she ethers all of them and ties them up. <laughs> of course she does. Because she's an insane person. And then, uh, what is it, Osita, the leader of the revolutionaries, tells her origin story. And I won't spoil it for you because it's actually pretty cool and deeply tied to the squad. Awesome. I'm actually looking forward to that that, that uh, origin story. I'm, I hope. Do we get any other origin stories for the others? So, because I imagine they're gonna like pace them out a little bit. The the idea is is that they're all kind of cut from similar cloth, and they all came yeah. together for this Suicide Squad mission because they all have one thing in common. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's it's really great. I love that Taylor is an Australian and works Australia into all of his stories. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's like if I did it and I had to concoct a reason for why people had to come to Toronto every week. <laughs> uh but yeah it's it's wonderful it's fun it's funny too is the other thing it's like a dark comedy and that's something yeah. that i think works well in suicide squad and what some writers what would who might be afraid to t- tackle it from that angle but taylor isn't exactly yeah it, it, it's the last couple of issues have been really funny and again as you said like some writers just think the suicide squad has to be serious and gritty no. and everything you say like, no it doesn't it's got it's got fucking harley quinn on the team it's got an australian who throws boomerangs what's great about this is that i almost feel like this is taylor trying to uh reboot uh george harkness as a threat because he actually is quite threatening he's basically the villain of this story and he kind of kicks a lot of ass actually that's great and it makes sense i'm like yeah i guess you're a flash villain so it's not like you just suck it's like you actually do have a brain in your head yeah yeah and he does it all while pissed drunk too which is also pretty great (laughs) that's where his powers come from because this is is, is an australian like the more drunk you get the more powerful you get he's uh he's like rick from rick and morty i'm more dangerous when i drink morty (laughs) (laughs) gonna put you all through a jigsaw trap which yes i know that's the worst episode of rick and morty but still (laughs) But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? At Action Comics issue 1021. Oh, yes. What's happening in the world of Superman? Is it good, bad, or are you pulling your hair out? Oh, nothing fucking happened. This was a garbage issue. Well, of course. Absolute fucking garbage. Uh, so this is the end of the whole, again, like, Heller is, and this ends, like, the uh, Year of the Villain tie-in bullshit. Uh, nothing happens. Uh, the city just like Metropolis. One of the plot points should have been that Metropolis gets utterly fucking destroyed because it fucking does. That you see like giant uh, splash pages of just like huge swaths of the city just utterly destroyed. This should be something akin to like Coast City when Coast City was destroyed. This should be like a big plot point. It's not. Right, right. No, it's of absolutely not. not. Um, Lex is immediately betrayed by Leviathan because uh, Bendis needs to work his OC into this and make his OC, uh, you know, seem all powerful. And oh, the fucking lines he gives this guy. Uh, he's given Leviathan lines like, oh, I could easily, easily kill the Legion of Doom, like with the snap of a finger, but I won't because reasons. <sighs> Yeah, sounds like a new Bendis creation, even though he's not a new Bendis creation. He's an old character given yeah. a Bendis makeover. Yeah, and that's that's the issue. Amazing. <laughs> the Legion of Doom get get um, betrayed by Leviathan. Leviathan shows up saying, it's like, no, I don't want to do any of this stuff anymore. I want to try and change the world without like resorting to violence and destruction after destroying half the fucking city. Um how, how short-lived then, was that partnership? Because it feels like it was just a couple weeks. Issue, that, I said that in my, in my fucking review. It was a fucking week. Like, wow. the, the very next issue, that he, he immediately betrays them. Someone in the chat saying, at least Leviathan isn't Rogelzar. Who's worse at this point, Leviathan or Rogelzar? I would say Leviathan, because Rogelzar went away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But man, get ready for next year, Matt, when it's going to be Leviathan versus Rogelzar. <laughs> <laughs> he recruits him. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You, man, here's the thing. Put, put a pin in this episode, because I feel like that's something Bendis would do. I feel yeah, he's gonna he's gonna wait just long enough until we forget about Rogozar, even though everyone did that the week he disappeared. Mm. Um and then be like, Ha fucking Mark Shaw was really Rogozar this entire time. 
Man, there really is a point with some really annoying villains right now. Leviathan, Batman Who Laughs, who at least Batman Who Laughs started as interesting and started as kind mm-hmm. of cool before completely, you know, pissing away all the good faith. Yeah, oh, that's company mandate. Absolute company mandate. Needs to be in everything. Yeah, and yeah, Leviathan is just like annoying because it's like, okay, it was cool to begin with. Cool, it's Mark Shaw. He wants to get revenge on stuff, but he's not some big event headlining villain you just no, do you, a couple of issues with him you you are a callback to an older time in comics and your plan makes no sense because your whole series made no sense yeah again his plan is like oh i love how superman does everything it's like it's all good it's like well then just let him do everything <laughs> like why do you even need to exist what a what a like very inconcise motivation <laughs> Oh, it's, and then I think the next issue we're we're getting threatened with him explaining the whole Connor Kent thing. Oh, we're gonna get there finally. Yeah, is isn't that something he already did in Young Justice? Yeah, but you know this is Bendis; he's got to do it twice. Right. Well, now Superman needs to know about. It. I mean, I guess it's cool that Superman knows Connor exists and is out there again. But still, I'm like, not not this version. That's though. the thing. I should be really excited about this. Oh, cool! It's you know Connor Kent meeting Clark Kent again, like for kind of the first time. But there's still that history there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm also, like, yeah, whatever. Also, how much is Superman going to remember or not? Because shouldn't it be that he remembers everything when he got fused with he his should. old universe he counterpart? Should. And the thing is, in that in that Superman Reborn, there was that splash page that actually had this Superboy in it. So he should absolutely remember that. <laughs> are, are we going to take bets, though? I bet that he won't remember or that Bendis will get something wrong, even though he or, wrote the Connor book. Or it'll be played for jokes and Superman will be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I vaguely. And you'd be like, "Haha, look, he's funny because human." Yeah, you're not my son. Yeah. Oh, I also got to talk about the art in this. The art in this is horrendous. This is John Romita Jr. again. Yeah, and, you said he was oh my God. some weak work. Like, I, I wish I could pull the. I should have put the page in 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 the stream, um, where he he draws Gorilla Grodd. Mm, it, yes, it you looks tweeted nothing this. Nothing like Gorilla Grodd at all. Yeah, you tweeted <laughs> that. That's. That's a shame. I like Ramita Jr. I've said this before, but he thrives on certain books and not on others. I actually, I actually have a theory about that because later on, there's a part where Gorilla Grodd like at- like tackles Batman, but like mm-hmm. I, when you're looking at the page, if I were to show you it, you'd be like, oh, well, that's Black Adam because he has <laughs> like like the the gold armbands and everything, and it's like, oh, that looks like Black Adam's like, oh, was that Black Adam at one point? And he had to like draw Change over it. it. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, we can't have Black Adam right now because we're prepping probably a new series for him to coincide mm-hmm. with his new movie. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time they've done it. Well, so uh, another week of me not uh, regretting dropping all the Bendis Superman titles. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the, the the actual Superman book is, is starting to get good because it's diving into that whole like, oh, what if would if Superman would reveal his identity or like the ramifications. Mm-hmm. But then this just is doing shit that like why Only bendis cares about like yeah. leviathan yeah 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 sounds about right <laughs> but hey you know it was a good book this week that i'm sure we can both agree that we read and that we really enjoyed uh batman curse of white knight number eight the big finale oh man i i fucking love this book 
yeah, goes some places, does some interesting things. Uh, they got Asriel on the run now that he's basically lost uh, his paymasters and is basically just running around like a wild dog. He wants to wants to flood the city, which is both very biblical and to call back to the beginning of the book and how Gotham originally became Gotham because the Waynes flooded the valley. Also, it's just like a, like a classic villain plot. I'm going to flood the city and, and kill I'm everyone. Just, <laughs> I'm going to destroy the reservoir, which you cannot ask for a more Batman thing. I'm going to poison the reservoir. I'm going to destroy the reservoir. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Batman Batman picks up a gun. He's just like, well, I stopped being Batman. I'm going to jail after this. I'm, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. I'm just going <laughs> to light into him with this machine gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just going to drop some fools. Going to drop some fools. Going to drop some hot lead up in these streets. And it's Nightwing who says, no, you idiot, don't. You know, you might not be a Wayne, but you're still, you know, my dad, basically. You're all our dads, and we want you to be able to live with yourself at the end of this. Yeah, you were able to save us, so like, you know, save yourself. Yeah, don't don't ruin your legacy. Don't sell your soul on top of everything else, because that's totally what Azriel wants to do. He's taking your house, he's taking your wealth, he's taking your name. Making you a killer would just be that last big final step. And Batman even says, you know, well, Dick, I guess, you know, maybe the reason there's a wedge between us is that at the end of the day, we both knew who the better man was. And I'm like, oh, that's really sweet, Bruce, saying that Dick is a better man than him. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very, very seldom that Batman admits his faults. But he kind of does in White Knight, which I really mm. like. This this scene reminded me very so much of it the end of original White Knight sort of where he says, yeah, where he says to Gordon, you know, I'm Batman, maybe not because I have to be, but because, you know, it satisfies some dark part of me that actually does like, you know, hurting criminals and shit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's all fantastic. And we get a sword fight. We get a sword fight for the ages, don't we? Th- that sword fight was so cool because... It, it got creative with like like batman they're like fighting on on the batman 89 batmobile that's turned into a mm, boat yeah and, and 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 batman calls in the shields that we see in uh batman returns and he ends up putting like uh, Azrael's head between the plates as they move to like trap him i thought that was pretty cool it's great too because you know Azrael, of course has his big fuck off god's will claymore batman has you know the ancestral what he thought was wayne family sword passed down from edmund wayne the same one that alfred had used and that had kept showing up in the series i like instead of Chekhov's gun it was Chekhov's sword and like he starts taking apart Azrael's armor and i'm like ooh, that's how he defeated Azrael in the original nightfall because mm-hmm. he took off all his armor yeah, yeah, after Ezreal had said, like, I've got laser-guided batarangs and fuck-off sun lamps and all that sort of shit. Mm. Like, what do you got to rape, rape you? And it ends up winning. It's it's great, too, because Batman realizes where it's like, well, Azrael's a crazy person who carries a big sword, so naturally he's not going to pass up the chance to have a sword fight, yeah. so let's have a sword fight. Yeah, and he, he plays up uh, to Azrael's, like... Um, like religious fever a little mm-hmm. bit as well it's like your sword says god's will let's prove and see if that's right yeah yeah that's that's solid uh batman hurts him really bad in the fight he could have killed him but he ends up saving his life and he basically admits you know bruce wayne isn't really the good man savior of gotham that everyone thinks he is batman is the true hero you know he's he's better than me batman is kind of what i aspire to be that's why the journal of edmund wayne was given to batman and not to me i like the part when he quote-unquote kills Azrael. how like Azrael like like 
forces him to do it by saying like i wonder if the waynes knew they were like 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 lowly povo swine yeah your parents and and all that and that like pushes bruce to the limit and everything i thought that was pretty cool it was pretty sweet it was pretty cool and then yeah batman goes to jail batman goes to jail for what he did he comes out he admits what he did lucius fox kind of disseminates his fortune throughout gotham the idea being that this is probably the only way they can beat the power elite by bringing actual you know equality to gotham through financial means and also by kind of further militarizing the police department i like they put that little thing in there where it's like but maybe it's not all good what he's doing then yeah but maybe batman was a socialist (laughs) i i love they put that but i'm like i feel that was a late period thing there it's like is batman just the bernie sanders of gotham (laughs) think uh think about it comic reading sheeple think about it says uh says murphy for a second (laughs) that's a that's the other thing you know i they definitely end this one on a big ass stinger to be like hey be sure to come back for white knight part three and i'm you know and further murphy murphy verse books and i'm like yeah those will be great I hope you don't say or do any more stupid shit on Twitter, Sean Gordon Murphy, that gets this all canceled, because you could. You really yeah, could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's uh, What was the big... Uh, spoil- spoiler, everyone. What was the big reveal at oh, the man. end? The, the thing that leads so, us, no doubt, right into episode three. So Bruce is in jail, and he, he's called someone in uh, to like keep an eye on him, because people think he might escape but he won't and it's just to like make uh commissioner reyes uh renee montoya um feel a bit better and that person is jason todd a grown-up jason Ooh. todd who is like a general or something well i i thought you while well, he was wearing a stonegate prison uniform which hey it's stonegate prison which was the prison in the cartoon as opposed to uh blackgate prison yeah jason todd who's he's older and i like what they what uh sean murphy did here which was like the shadows like like jason's shadow was that of a robin and batman's shadow Mm. was that of batman i thought that was great and also when you see him he looks completely different than you would think he doesn't have the big right uh bright red hair it's he's all very uh shaved up and everything i'm like ooh, radical take on this character too yeah older jason todd i already it's vastly more interesting than what they do in the actual comics (laughs) Even even Duke gets a great bit here with Batman yeah. talking to him. You would have made a great Robin Duke, and he's like, "Ha!" <laughs> he laughs in his face. <laughs> that well, that's the thing, Jane. He's totally not edgy. He's the opposite of edgy, actually, which is kind of fascinating for this character who has been defined by his edge and his, you know, "fuck you, dad" nature. He's not that guy. He actually seems quite mature. He does <laughs> like, just from the just from the little bits of dialogue. Which is very interesting. I'm like, okay, what's your take on this guy? I'm actually looking forward to that because, as Sean Murphy has proven, he's he's got he's done some great things with these characters. Like his Harley Quinn is probably my favorite adaptation of Harley Quinn. It's really well put together. Very emotionally mature. The one who's gotten away from the Joker and started doing her own thing. Yeah, there's a lot to really like. How uh, she is the White Knight of the original story. Yeah, yeah. His his Jean Paul Valley was really cool and uh, admittedly even better than the original. Arguably, yeah, much better distillation of that character. Yeah, and so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does with Jason Todd. Same. I'd like to see him make make it make him kind of like. I guess he kind of is in a way in the in the main main con- 
continuity comments in that he's like an opposite of of uh dick grayson yeah, and that yeah. Dick, dick saw him as his father and loves batman loves bruce and all that whereas dick is uh, whereas jason was the opposite or treated opposite to how dick was mm-hmm. never never was adopted like kind of treated like shit because he was like the follow-up you know, it would be interesting, actually, have him be the most sane and well-adjusted one, because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I left He got you. out. Yeah, he got the out. Joke, yeah. It got, yeah, it got too real. It wasn't fun anymore. The Joker almost killed me, and I left, and I'm a better person now because of it. Yeah, yeah, instead of, yeah, becoming Red Hood after the Joker, like, like maybe the Joker almost killed him, because that was the thing back in the first White Knight. It was very gray whether the Joker actually mm-hmm. killed Jason or not. Yeah, we didn't know. So, yeah, there could be a lot of story to tell their hell. It would be fun if Batgirl and Nightwing actually didn't like Jason for that reason. It's like, oh, you think you're so much better than us because you lived a normal life? Fuck you. That'd, that'd be really cool. And maybe some reason as to why he puts on the Red Hood for whatever reason in this mm-hmm. thing. Because I'm guessing, you know, Gotham's down a vigilante now, so they'll need somebody. Well, they say it's down a vigilante, but then there's that dialogue where the newly... Um newly promoted bullock says he's going to be recruiting more vigilantes more to the gto so yeah. does that mean we're going to get like ones that either huntress. new creations or yeah like huntress and um Cat all of those characters yeah we haven't seen catwoman have we we have not seen catwoman in this universe yeah oh that'd be really cool maybe some like characters people don't remember anymore like onyx remember onyx yeah Prom- prometheus uh bluebird yeah we might yeah. see bluebird in this universe <laughs> and Someone i mean, remember yeah. they existed yes yeah, characters where it's like oh yeah they they existed in gotham for a little bit didn't they yeah we haven't seen batwoman either no no we have not bruce's cousin wouldn't that be interesting yeah 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 but yeah so white knight ended pretty strong i i will say though i think i like original white knight a little better if mm-hmm. only because it was so much more pointed in its socio-political commentary and the ending felt more like an ending where this one yep. felt very much more like a to be continued yeah it's definitely the second part in a three-part story it yeah. bridges that that gap yeah yeah but uh yeah good stuff fun stuff matt and i are both in agreement uh check it out especially now that you've got all the time in the world to read these (laughs) books yeah actually shit maybe we'll have to do that next week or something be like all right matt instead of what we read this week here's five books you can binge now that's it yeah everyone's doing those those type of videos so why not us there you go. Let's let's get in on that. That'll be that'll be the show next week, everyone. Five five books that you can binge in quarantine until comics come back. <laughs> let's let's pick some real long motherfuckers too. Some like real honking ones. Two two jump to my mind that I won't spoil, but there's two that uh, I instantly think of. There's a couple I'm thinking of as well. I'm, I'm sure some of them are probably the same as yours. <laughs> They're probably the same. Now, uh, I guess the other new big book this week, and uh, I guess the last new one I read this well was actually uh, Road to Empire, the Cree uh, Scroll War. See, I have this, and I debated whether not to do it because I don't know whether Empire's going to get fucking postponed or not. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I read it. Because it was getting so many good early reviews, and they're, you know, totally, totally uh, deserved. Because this is a very good-looking, very well-put-together comic that serves a very, very solid uh, purpose. 
and that is explaining, hey, for those of you who don't know the rich decades-long history of the Kree and the Skrull, here's it for you if you're new, and if you're an old fan, hey, here's some shit to remind you of that you probably forgot. I know I forgot a lot. And it's based around that family from Meet the Scrolls, isn't it? Yes, yes. So it's basically a sequel to that miniseries. If you want to see what happened to the Warner family next, you got to pick this up. Cool, cool. Which I guess means they're going to be more involved in uh, in the Empire event. Yeah, they, oh, it makes sense. It makes sense that they would be. Uh, I have a theory. Uh, if we go all the way back to, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Incoming, where they kind of started mm-hmm. planting the seeds for uh, Empire. Yep. We, we saw those two Korean Skrull agents who are working together, uh, Raskar and Beldam. Mm-hmm. If you remember, they were killed because they exploded into, like, trees and shit. Yep. Well, this story reminds you that, hey, Hala, the ancient home of the Kree, didn't just belong to the blue-skinned Kree, it also used to belong to the Kotati, who were peaceful, psychic plant people, who basically both the Kree and the Skrull fucked over for most of their history. Ah, they're coming back for revenge, you think? That's my th- that's my theory. I'm like, let me guess, and the Kotati aren't peaceful anymore, and they're going to be revealed to be the true uh, villains of this story. And that's why, like, the Scree- the Kree and Skrull are, like, kind of teaming up. Together, yeah. Because basically all Hulkling says is, you know, okay, you know, uh, all Kree and Skrull forces go to Earth. We're ready to fight the real enemy. And naturally you jump to the conclusion where it's like, oh, he means mankind. Mankind is the true enemy. No, because the, the good Kree, the pacifist Kree who felt bad about what happened to the Kotati, brought them to Earth once upon a time. And that's how... Swordmaster became a Kotati and had sex with Mantis, and they had a kid who was Sequoia. So I'm guessing uh, that there's still Kotati on Earth, and that's what I, this is all about. I was gonna say, is it gonna be revealed that the Kotati were like there on Earth with like the early Kree, and they're like they're what plant life on Earth turned into? I I think that's where they might be going with this, and I'm like, ah, so they're that they're the thing that holds this all together. That's if I had to guess, I'm gonna say that's where that's going. It sounds very plausible. And here's the thing, everyone: you're gonna have to enjoy that theory and ruminate on that theory and really let it <laughs> soak in, because we don't fucking know when the next issue of the story is coming. <laughs> well, I, th- I think Empire was starting what in May, May time or something. I think so. So might might be all like kind of blown over by then, maybe. I guess we can only hope. I mean, there's going to be a backlog of comics. Everything is going to be like a couple weeks behind. That's the thing is, are they going to just going to be like, fuck it? Here's like two weeks worth of comics in one week. I hope not. I mean, could stores handle that? That's yeah. That's the yeah, the next thing. Like yeah, do they just like waive fees or something? Or it's like you buried us in stock. How are we going to get out from under this? Mm-hmm. we don't care we're diamond <laughs> yeah we're diamond we can do what we want man if something changes in this maybe i hope marvel and dc are like why do we need you anymore diamonds i hope so <laughs> i hope this is the final i hope they try doing it on their own like you said disseminating it through their apps to realize oh i guess you know it's freaking 2020 we don't need you yeah so uh yeah that was all i read this week again i didn't read much uh, i've got a, I've got a couple more Okay, a couple let's more. Go uh, I had Wolverine issue two. 
again, I breezed through this. I was going to pick it up. Which yeah. which of the two stories do they continue to follow up on? Because we had the Agent Bannister story, and we had uh, what is it, Omega Red and Vampires? Yeah, we follow up with the uh, the Bannister story in this issue. That that that's all it is. No no vampires in this issue. Right. Um, okay. I kind of like this book, except I think it kind of like did a things a bit too quickly for like a mm. second issue um so as we see like wolverine was like mind controlled by that pale woman into killing yeah. his team and everything um and we find out that just before he killed his team he he was blasted by by um uh gene which like kind of shocked him out of it like because right. it killed him quote unquote Mm. Um, which is when he was found by Jeff Bannister and Jeff dumped him at a gateway and he was taken back to Krakoa and healed and everything. Um, he gets told by Healer that he should maybe contact Jeff Bannister because Jeff left a note with him. Right, because um, this is clearly a frame-up that's going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we also learned that this isn't the first time it's happened because it happened to oh. Marauders as well. Oh, uh, shit. Which is how the... It's actually quite cool. So Bishop wakes up on, on the Marauders on the marauder and he finds that like Iceman and pyro are like taking their cargo and giving it to someone else whose boat is there and he's oh, like what so the fuck's ex- going on so that explains how they've been able to steal the pedals and that was my <laughs> question from issue one i'm like how the fuck are they skimming off the top from this the marauders are watching at that and they're a pretty solid operation yeah so he's like what the fuck's going on and he sees the pale woman and tries to stop her but uh he gets swept off the boat by the controlled storm where in the water a zombified kitty drags him down into the depths oh, oh shit nice call back to that <laughs> yeah um i so like that he, these books are all connected it's not the only one that he's been controlled so logan goes to like visit this jeff guy who uh they've been trying to sort out like how to deal with these pedals him and uh his partner millie's and he's one he knows there's someone inside his organization that's like tipping this pale woman and her organization off so he's like okay always don't keep anything digital do it all like paper because that was the thing with him in that first issue he likes everything in paper Mm. um so there's no like digital trail or anything um he teams up with logan and they end up like doing like a sting operation where they take the marauder ship with full of pedals in out into the ocean to like try and bait whoever's take taking them and uh, wait. yeah and it ends up uh ends with uh wolverine killing jeff Oops. um because he's mind controlled because we find out that jeff's partner millie is the pale girl oh shit <laughs> Also, and, when you die, Jeff, we can't bring you back, and we also set up that your daughter has cancer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's where the issue ends, and that's where my problem with the issue end, uh, comes from. It's like that whole reveal with Jeff being killed and the pale girl, that should have been, like, issue five. Yeah, we just got to know these characters, unless yeah. it becomes a thing where Wolverine's like, all right, we got to bring them back, though. we got to sneak I, them onto Krakow and bring them back to life. But see, that that's another thing. It's like there was they have, like, one scene where they kind of, like get a rapport going where they're in jeff's backyard and jeff likes watering his garden because that's like the one thing he can control Mm. in his life um and he he doesn't particularly like the mutants because he's got like that scar on his head and it was all part of a mutant collateral damage when they got Mm. one of their big fucking wars um so he there's like a, a mutual respect there like professional respect but they don't like each other but that's never explored and then they just kill him off 
Unless it's like a double fake out and he's not really dead and this was just to double mm. fake the uh, pale woman into thinking she took control. Yeah, like a bait. Yeah. yeah, like like friggin' Mastermind sitting there in the background, or Mesmero is back there doing some shit. I could see it being something like that, that, but but I think it might be more of like what you said, where like like Wolverine knows he needs to save this guy, so he tries to sneak him into like Krakoa or something, or or it's going to be revealed that Jeff is actually a mutant. He just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, like his wounds start healing. Like ah crap, I have a healing factor. Too. Or Wolverine gives him some of his blood. Yeah, some yeah, I'm pretty sure that actually happened in a what did what issue did that happen in? Wolverine gave someone his blood recently. Oh, like, that, that was in the vampire story. The vampires yeah, all wanted yeah. the blood cuz it's like yeah. super primo uncut blood, the best yeah, but blood there is. I do remember there was also one where he like bled on someone. Who was it? He like and it healed he like them. cut his hand he like cut his hand open and he like bled on someone's heart or something and it like healed them. Who the fuck I was it? Yes, that's gonna I like annoy the fuck too. out of me that's gonna well, annoy the hell out of me well maybe the chat can uh answer that <laughs> uh what else did you have matt uh superman uh batman superman issue eight. Oh, oh yes issue, yeah issue eight yeah 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 i i picked this up because that's one of the books i'm gonna catch up on during the break yeah, this is the end of the candle arc for now at least oh, short arm um, that was only two issues very short arc um well there's a reason for that um so yeah, the the Kryptonians have risen from the the Lazarus pit, and are fucking insane because of the Lazarus pit, and they Aren't all have they powers. Always. They give a reason why they have powers. Um, so the Lazarus pit brings things back to life. So it mm-hmm. would have turned the red sun energy, the dead energy, into yellow sun energy. Oh, clever, clever! And it gave them like a little bit of a power boost. Um, so they're like fucking flying around trying to get into Rachel Ghoul's ears. And I saw that like, panel. Someone did post that. All, all this stuff. They're like fighting uh, Zod and Raz want to kill them because um, <laughs> that's like the only way they can fucking stop the, this the literal swarm. Um, so yeah, Superman tries to stop them, and it's just them trying to figure out what to exactly do with these crypto uh kryptonians and zod is able to actually seal them back into the candor uh bottle and um he kind of calms them down a little bit but raz mm. kind of fucks everything up and destroys the city again oops <laughs> and, and it's actually pretty cool he like stabs his sword through and like rips it out and he says like is like only death is mine to deny <laughs> i thought Wicked. that was pretty cool um of course, Zod is not very happy with this and ends up like beating the shit out of uh, Raish um, in the forest. So it's up to Batman to try and stop him. And well, Superman tries to save the city and Superman manages to, to save the city at his fortress. He ends up putting all the little people in like cryo sleep. So they because they're still insane and they're all like going crazy in the city. So he puts them in but cryo they're alive. sleep. Yeah, but what he finds out is that this city was actually a reproduction, and it was mm. only half the Kandorians that were put into the pit. So Zod mm. made Zod knew they would go insane, and he made a calculated risk and put half in there. So now he has samples of the Lazarus pit that he could study on Jakul and use to bring back the other half properly. Oh shit! Yeah, that's I actually thought, pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool, and. Uh, Batman's like all gung ho and wants to go after him. He's like, "I'll prep the Bat rocket. And <laughs> Let's go to go space." To yeah, yeah. He just really wants to go to space. Um, space, space. Want to go to space? <laughs> but Superman's like, "We can't do that because there's that truce between Jakul and Earth and Superman and Zod and everything." And he wants to respect that because after all, Zod got what he wanted, and 
in the end it didn't end up as bad as it could have been it right, could have right. it could have been much worse so he just wants to leave it as the candor compromise which is what the story's called oh that's and, clever um, yeah zod returns home with the with the the, the city and gives it to his son because just like how his father did to him he wants to teach his son about candor because that's where mm. the house of zod is from that's wow wow good good on you williamson <laughs> yeah it just Williamson knows his shit yeah wow I, i'm so glad that uh secret six story is done it actually sounds like he's doing some cool stories now yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, I yeah. said that in my review. I'm like, I'm so glad that, like, I like the Year of the Villain stuff in here, but I'm so glad that it's it's over. The book has room to breathe and be an actual Batman-Superman adventure book. I, uh, I look forward to actually catching up on that now. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what other books did you have? Uh, I think that's pretty much all I had at the moment. All right, then. Do we do we want to give the people, because we're still not at like an hour 30 yet, do we want to give people a little taste of uh, the new pilot show that's coming out soon, uh, Comic Book Would You Rather? Why not? Because, again, I get the feeling to fill shows we might be doing more of this. Basically, Comic Book Would You Rather, everyone, is a, it's, it's a game as old as time where people give us funny scenarios uh, worded in Would You Rather... And uh, the whole point is is that Matt and I, uh, we decided what we would rather do. We use our knowledge of comic books and superheroes. Oh, and look, you have a graphic. That's so fun. To try and figure out what we would do in this situation. And uh, starting things off, Zeke Fowler, longtime fan of the show, uh, he asks, Would you rather kiss Poison Ivy or Bubba Hotep? <laughs> Probably Ivy. I don't know. I mean, you're gonna die probably. In some versions, she's just full on poisonous, and other times, That's... she only kisses you to take control of your mind and make you do shit against your will. What what version have we got? Is it the one that when you kiss her, you die ten seconds later, or is it the one that she mind controls you with? Which version is it? Is it the is it the Uma Thurman version or the Lake <laughs> Bell version? I, I gotta remember my plastic lips. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Oh, exactly. See, if you get your plastic lips, then you're good to go. Bubba Hotep, I mean, I guess that's a story you could tell for the rest of your life and everything. But, I mean, honestly, uh, if I was going to die, I think there's uh, worse ways to die. I think, you know, I could take that in my hand. And when I when I meet my maker at the pearly gates at the end of Oblivion, I can be like, hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> there you go. And just, just a brief moment. Space Lord just reminded me it was Savage Avengers that Wolverine used his healing factor ah. in Brother Voodoo. That was the one. That was it. There you, there you go. There you go. I imagine I'd be getting... If I was to die, I would choose that, but I guess uh, you know I'd be getting a lot of high fives afterwards in the afterlife. <laughs> you know, roll, roll the dice. Uh, our next one we got here is from Eduardo Perez. Would you rather be Eobard Thawne's intern or Eddie Brock's roommate? Ah, now this this is a meaty one to talk about on this one right here. Because, you know, Eobard Thawne, the reverse Flash, technically has only ever really worked alone. He's never really had a sidekick. He's never really had any subservient character. So to be his intern... That would be an interesting little dilemma. I, I think I'd be too slow for him, and he'd eventually just get <laughs> sick and try and kill me. What uh, what, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I, I was just thinking, like, oh, well, what would I do as his intern? Would it be, like, finding places in time for him to go and fuck with? Would it be, like, tracking the Flash? What, what, what would 
working as his intern involve making copies do, of his master plan or something or yeah do i gotta feed his cat because he's a super speedster and a time traveler which means he literally has all the time in the world to do whatever he wants yeah do i have to get him coffee but so to get what, him coffee i've got to travel to the phil 14th century because that's when the perfect coffee for him was or something <laughs> was invented yeah exactly what what are my duties here what are the parameters in all of this now eddie brock's roommate that's gonna be rough because venom's always coming under attack he's just become a new father and have you seen the places eddie brock has lived they look really shitty and he doesn't own a lot of good stuff it's basically just a weight bench and pictures of spider-man i was gonna say am i a homeless person am i just like sharing the underpass with him because he's been homeless a lot, I tell you. He really, really has been. He doesn't live in nice places. I feel he would need my name on the lease more than anything. And he might just fuck off to, you know, go to the island of Symbiotes or go to space and be a space knight. And, you know, I'm just going to be friggin' stuck there with the lease and I wouldn't be able to uh, wouldn't be able to cover it without him. Also, he doesn't work that much. How much money do you make as like a like a journalist sometimes, but only sometimes? <laughs> I mean, hell, uh, they basically, you know, chastise him for that in the newest issue where it's like, look, you got a kid, you don't have a job, you don't have a place to stay. <laughs> and also, yeah, as the chat's saying, I bet his alien symbiote goop would, you know, clog up uh, clog up the toilet and everything. Yeah, getting getting all the drains and everything. Yeah, that would that would suck. I mean, that would be really, really inconvenient. I mean, do you want to be inconvenienced forever and maybe be out some money or potentially die when, you know, you have angered Eobard Thawne? <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're going by the TV show version, Cisco and all of them uh, were able to work for him in the guise of Dr. Harrison Wells for a little bit, and they were basically his interns, and they seemed happy enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, I guess that one, uh, that one begrudgingly <laughs> is what I would say, but it's a, it's a rough one. Uh, ooh, here's a good one from Amazing Spider-Man. Would you rather shave Wolverine entirely or be Daredevil's personal psychiatrist? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I f Wolverine's well, I like, a little guy. Like, yeah, well, I feel like with Wolverine, like, if you, if you nick him, like, with the razor, it wouldn't really matter because it would just heal immediately. That's true. So already there's no pressure. That's, you know, that's brilliant, Matt. He's also a tiny guy. Yes, he's really hairy, but, you know, once you're done, you're done for the day. <laughs> Being Matt Murdock's psychiatrist, that's going to be a fucking long-ass day because he has so many goddamn issues. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I I don't think I could, could sit and just listen to him. <laughs> forever just so here's my, about so here's, his new girlfriend yeah let me tell you about my girlfriend my relationship with foggy nelson uh my father my mother my god oh god damn it man <laughs> like like with wolverine it'll be over quick i imagine he won't do much talking or if he does he would be fun and entertaining yeah and you you, you never know you might get a beer out of it you might get a beer out of it, exactly, you know. Uh, I'm sure he's a very generous tipper, Wolverine, <laughs> independently wealthy and everything. Maybe maybe you'll even get to visit Krakoa to do it, you know? <laughs> maybe he'll give you some of that life-saving uh, life healing blood where it's like, oh, man, I got a really bad toothache. Oh, here, take some of this. <laughs> Heal you right up. Oh, my kidney stones are gone. That, that's another thing. So you, you shave Wolverine. Does like his healing factor kick in and the hair immediately come back? 
That's a very good question. How far does this go? Also, what situation are we in where Wolverine needs to be shaved head to toe <laughs> well, is the real you question. You see, he, he's doing another one of those uh, Marvel swimsuit editions, uh, and he right. wants to look his best. And he's like, oh, you know, back in the 80s, this was the in style and everything. Now I got to go full Brazilian. Can you believe this shit, bub? <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Hard times, man. I tell you, turn around. I got to do your back now. <laughs> Also, man, I bet you could sell that Wolverine hair on eBay to, like, some obsessive fans and probably get a whole little sub-business going on. Probably, yeah. Maybe bath water or something. You know, the shaving foam that was used to shave Wolverine. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. (laughs) All right, and uh, I I guess we'll call this our last one right now just because I want people to watch the full show, but I wanted them to have a little taste of what it is. Uh, this one is from Winford Lee. Would you rather house sit Vader's castle on Mustafar or Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum? Hmm. Probably the Sanctum because there's kind of a lot of evil shit at on Mustafar and it's hot. I yeah, yeah the temperature that's going to be a real problem for me. I don't do well in the heat, but the Sanctum Sanctorum is pretty dangerous too with a lot of arcane Lovecraftian bullshit. You know, you go down the wrong door and suddenly. You're in the dark dimension or something. Do, do I have bats, the ghost dog, to keep me company? Oh, yeah, that's the real... Is Wong there, too? Or is, like, am I house-sitting completely alone? You're right. If I if I get to feed the ghost dog, that wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> no. I could see that one being okay. But, yeah, I mean, ugh, Vader's castle. Plus, you know, you got all that dark-ass history around there. I'm sure it's haunted. It is. It is is actually haunted in canon. It is <laughs> God damn it. How, how did I know? And you, you know those are the bad ghosts. It's like the ghosts of the Trade Federation and the Techno Union. <laughs> yeah, you what tambours and your Newt Gunrays. Yeah, god damn it, Newt Gunray. Get the hell out of here. No one cares about you. Get get your R-replacing, slightly uncomfortable early 2000s <laughs> racism and get out of here, you. <laughs> Also, again, I'm sure Vader is super anal retentive, and, you know, if I didn't dust right or if, you know, I borrowed a Coke from the fridge or something, I'm sure he'd force choke the shit out of me. Oh, and just, on, just like, on a whim as well, like, oh, I'm really angry, so I'm just going to throw a tantrum at my castle. Also, too, here's the thing, uh, you know, you can't even raid the fridge in that situation, because, like, Vader doesn't eat. Yeah, yeah. So It'd there's nothing... more mush, more paste that gets, like push through the grill on his helmet yeah there's just like medical pouches of paste all over the place that's not fun that's like half the fun of house sitting getting to raid people's fridges <laughs> then again uh what is it jason aaron said that you know wong has to make uh doctor strange like some really horrible monster stuff to eat because of uh because of his weird relationship with magic so that's gonna suck too but then again you're in new york city so lots of good places deliver yeah, and you're in Bleecker Street, which is like mid New York City, so it's nice, nice, yeah. nice neighborhood. Yeah, you can actually hang out there and have a good time. I mean, not now when everything is quarantined and locked down, but, you know, <laughs> in the eventual future. So, yeah, you know what? I, I got to agree with that. Yeah, Sanctum Sanctorum is a lot cooler. Yeah, you might get involved in an adventure, but again, even if you get in trouble, you're in New York, so hopefully another hero can come and save you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real hope right there. 
So, uh, yes, everyone, that was another, you know, rousing installment of Comic Book Would You Rather, a new series on the Cape Jewel channel or a new segment for the comic multiverse. It might be both. I'm not sure yet, but, you know, we got to do something to fill time and fill content while we wait. So, you know. Yeah. Again, uh, if you want to get your own message read, uh, be sure to keep your eyes peeled to my Twitter when I put out the call for these. The cleverer and more interesting they are, the better chance you'll have of having them actually read on the show. So, yeah, let's uh, let's help each other out uh, with content, everybody. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us, like, what you'd like to see, like, since there's, like, no news, or at least no news this week. Mm-hmm. Don't know what next week's going to be like, but, yeah. It's true. Like, what, what do you want us to do? Because I, I suggested to Joel maybe we do some tabletop gaming since we both got that tabletop simulator through Steam. And yeah, yeah. Do some trivia. Do do something fun. Do something to fill a show. Yeah. Again, even if we just, like, you know, uh, even if it's just talking to the fans, even if we just do weekly Q&As, we will, we will do something. We will uh, have a show. Maybe we should do some, like, live riffs or something. Yeah, yeah, that might be fun. I always love doing that. I uh, I did one, uh, what is it, a couple days ago where I watched, like, 90s toy commercials. Oh, yeah, cool. Those, that was super fun. I feel, I, it was, like, an hour-long compilation, and I filled, like, an hour and 40 minutes, so that oh, was man. pretty good. We should do, like, a riff on, like, Tiger King. Oh, shit, man. Oh, I'd be so worried about getting hit with copyright, but, oh, yeah, we got to do something. Oh, well, here's the thing. Uh, if we did the show, we would probably get hit with copyright, but I'm, I can only imagine someone has done a supercut of Joe Exotic on YouTube. Oh, most definitely. Of, like, his YouTube videos. Okay, we might have to do that then. That might have to be a thing. All right, put put a pin in that because that we might have to come back to that at some point. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for uh, joining us for the show, everyone. I know it was a day early and everything. We'll probably be back to the same time, same place next week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so be sure to uh, check that one out. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. If you are a patron, you'll be sure to get the episode first before anyone else uh, over there. For everyone else, it's Wednesday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time over on the Cape Joel channel. Uh, Thanks again to Lewis for sponsoring the episode. I will be sure to leave all the links down in the description. Be sure to check out his book from Action Lab. Uh, It looks really cool, looks really fun. You know, let's let's be a community who supports each other's artistic endeavors and everything. I mean, come on what what are you gonna spend your money on this month there's no new comics (laughs) might as might as well do it so yeah with that everyone we'll start bringing the show to a close i've been cape joel i'm matt and we'll see you all next time everybody bye-bye